A Rashid Suleiman three descended to overtime in the first ever conference meeting. A John Gillen buzzer beater to win it. A CJ Fair charge slash no charge and countless record-breaking crowds. It's Syracuse. It's Duke in the JMA Wireless Dome. Let's have some fun. It's a Syracuse basketball preview episode on your Locked On Syracuse Friday. Our Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into your Locked On Syracuse Friday episode. I'm Owen Valentine. Happy Friday morning previewing a Syracuse and Duke matchup at home. Should be the biggest crowd at the JMA Wireless Dome this season. Crowd's a little bit down, but that is all right. Today's episode of Locked On Syracuse is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. Thanks for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Also available on YouTube if you're seeing me on the screen. Hello. It's a big one. It's a fun game. It's always exciting when Syracuse and Duke play, especially when it's a home game. You get the fun crowds. You get the big energy. You get a lot of buildup. You get recruits coming to the Dome. It's fun. It's where Syracuse basketball likes to be. It's good to bring that energy because regardless of how Syracuse basketball is playing, it seems like the Syracuse-Duke game seems to be what people always look forward to and continues to be a big moment regardless of team and regardless of record and regardless of thoughts. People come out for the Duke game. It's a fun environment every year, uh, and it's fun to see that place fill up and people have a good time. I think I will be there. On Saturday evening, uh, all signs are pointing towards yes. Uh, I'd love to see you say hey uh, if we cross paths. If not, enjoy the game. Go Orange. Uh, But this is a fun one, and it is in a situation, as we laid out on our Thursday episode for Syracuse, it's a situation where every win counts, and they are playing good basketball at this point in time. And it sort of is that recipe where the ball's in Syracuse's hands. You want to make the tournament, you got to go on a run here. If you're okay with the NIT, you keep doing what you've been doing at a lower tier. But you can play, and as we established on our Thursday episode, this Syracuse basketball team, the way they have been playing as of late, can beat any team in the ACC, and that includes the Duke Blue Devils. They just have to get it right uh, for an extended period of time. They've got to refrain from lulls. They've got to play decent defense. It's a lot of asking, but they can do it, and they've shown that they can do it. And that is why this is a fun game. It's a big game, a lot on the line. Uh, Duke has had an interesting skid as of late, sort of back-to-back losses. They drop one to Miami. They lose an absolute heartbreaker to Virginia. Was it a foul? Was it not a foul? Who knows? They still lost the game. As many people might say, Duke loses, America wins. And that is sort of where we fall on that one. Uh, it's a real shame to see a call go the wrong way against Duke as time expires that might have changed the pace of the game. Oh, well, happened to Syracuse, and Duke seemed to be fine with it, uh, so it can happen to them, and I think all of the Syracuse faithful are going to be fine with it. As things stand, 
This is a quad two opportunity for Syracuse. I think if Syracuse loses this game, Duke will probably project up into quad one territory uh, in terms of the loss. If Syracuse wins, it will probably stay a quad two game. This is a tough matchup for Syracuse, and it presents a lot of difficulties, but it also is a Duke team that is young and is still growing, very similar to Syracuse in that regard. They're recruits better in terms of on paper, in terms of overall ranking and things like that. But it is still a young team and a young program and a group that is, you know, headed by a first-year coach in John Shire, right? You are getting used to a lot of things, a ton of turnover for Duke, including a head coach, including I believe they have six freshmen right now, just as Syracuse does. There are similarities in this team in terms of the youth where Syracuse might have the experience, and you could slap me in the face for saying this, is they have Jim Beheim, who has coached along these lines a lot more than John Shire in year one. Uh, and this is a team in Syracuse that is, is getting better and, and figuring things out. And I think Duke will say the same thing. And when you look at the sort of slate and schedule for Duke so far, they have, for the most part, gotten the job done in games they're supposed to get the job done. They have losses to Wake Forest and Virginia Tech. I think they're excusable. Right, Both of them were on the road in an ACC game. They also dropped to Clemson. Uh, you know, they, They've lost those games, I think, in the ACC on the road that you'd like a second chance at. But when all is said and done, they are losses. They've got some quality wins. They've played some quality teams. They beat a Xavier team that's uh, 21 in Ken Palm right now. They beat a pretty good Iowa squad. They've beaten Miami. They've played good games. Right, That Virginia game came down to the wire, was very, very close things like that. This is a team that has played well and they are growing. And I was reading a little bit of the media surrounding Duke at this point. And the Duke media is very, very pleased with the way they came out and played against Notre Dame, despite on paper, it's a 68-64. You're like, oh, they only beat Notre Dame by four points. But I guess what they're saying and what they're getting at is, you know, this was a team that was really, really affected by the officiating in that Virginia game. And a lot of people weren't sure how they would react. And apparently they came out with some fire. They came out with some spark. They were ready to play. They were ready to battle. And they ended up on the winning side of a close game when, you know, previously you look at a Virginia game for them. You look at a Virginia Tech game for them. You look at, they don't really have another ton of close losses. They played Kansas very close to open up the year. They hadn't really been on the close or on the winning side of those close games um all too often there's a couple of instances right they played wake forest close they played miami close and had some closer wins in a bc game but this is a a team that as of recently had had struggled to close some games out as well so there is that ongoing battle another you know commonality between duke and syracuse let's break it apart a little bit because this duke team is better than syracuse on paper this duke team has a little bit more talent than syracuse on paper and it's led with Kyle Filipowski. Guy's averaging over 15 and 9. He is very much on track with a convincing case for ACC Freshman of the Year. Uh, it's a, a, And I guess I'm bringing it back. Now let's go full circle. Another commonality, right? Led by a freshman. Really, really solid performance. Playing great basketball right now in Filipowski. Same with Syracuse in Judah Mintz. There is a ton of overlap between these two teams and their season-long stories. Another trend that I've seen out of this Duke team, they're struggling to get their three-point shooters going. 
Where have we seen that? Oh, yeah. In Syracuse, when Joe Girard has an off night, Syracuse struggles to get the three-point shooting going. This is something that continues to happen. There are so many parallels between these two teams. The difference is, let's look at the teams in that range or in that range on you know Duke's schedule. They didn't drop the game to Bryant. They didn't drop the game to Colgate. And if you flip those two games for Syracuse, you've got pretty much the same record as Duke. And by pretty much, you're both 18 and 8 at that point in time. Yes, Duke has some better wins on the table. But at that point, you're exactly the same in terms of record. You want those games flipped, uh, but that is not what you're going to get at this point in time. When I look at this Duke team, I I see youthful experience, I want to say. They they have, you know, a good core uh, and a lot of inexperience and a lot of youth. And, And once again, so does Syracuse, right? But let's look at this team a little bit more in depth. Let's take a peek at sort of what they have been doing overall. Uh, as I said, they are 18 and 8. They're 9 and 6 in the conference. So Syracuse and Duke are technically tied in the conference, but Duke currently has the tiebreaker. Easy way to get ahead in a tiebreaker is to beat a team head to head. So that ball is in Syracuse's court right now. But you look at, at Filipowski, you look at Jeremy Roach, who is probably. One of their best shooters, I think uh, Derek Whitehead is going to be their best shooter percentage-wise at 40% from deep. But this is a team that struggles from three and has not been incredible from three this season. Mark Mitchell can hit threes, shoots at 38%. That's by no means bad. Um, they got a team that can shoot the ball when they want to. They're not that consistent from three, and that is something that you can note for Syracuse heading into this game. There are some things to be concerned about on this Duke squad. Uh, And and we will get to that after a quick break and a quick message from our friends over at the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the midway point of the NBA season, right? We're heading into All-Star Weekend, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, and it's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to the point scores and threes drain. I talked about it. It's all-star three-point contest. Give me Kevin Huerta plus 550 to win the three-point contest. That'll be my bet of the weekend. Maybe sprinkle a little bit on there. Have a little bit of fun with it. Enjoy yourself on the all-star weekend. There are so many fun and exclusive bets like that on FanDuel. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, let's take a look at our questions heading into this game. And the first question is is the biggest one on the sheet, right? You you saw what Jesse Edwards has done as of late against bigger uh, or big in general fives from opposing teams. You saw what he did against a Quinton Post. You saw what he did against DJ Burns the other night. He's played size in both height and girth, for lack of a better word. He has seen it. He has played against it. And he's done pretty well as of late. The game day question today, 
is how does Syracuse as a whole, not just Jesse, Duke presents size out the wazoo for this game. And so it is how does the entire Syracuse basketball team come out and defend against a Duke squad that has nothing but height? In 40% of the minutes of this game, on average, Duke has two players on the court at seven foot or taller. That is correct. Two players on the court at seven foot or higher. You've got a power forward at seven foot 230 in Kyle Filipowski. And then you've got your center, the big man, at 7'1", 230 in Derek Lively. They have two seven-footers on the court for 40% of the minutes in this game. When we want to expand a little bit, almost two-thirds of the game will have two players at 6'10 or taller with a guy in Ryan Young, a senior that can come in off the bench and, and play solid minutes as well. A really fun player can come in, cause issues in that regard. This team has height. And when you have that much height, it is a more than a Jesse Edwards conversation. This is a conversation that spans out to the forwards who have not been incredible defensively for many instances throughout this season. You look at last game, Benny Williams missed rotations, got pulled pretty early uh, when, after he subbed in. Chris Bell has had some defensive struggles. Malik Brown, for the most part, is okay. By no means great. You need your forwards to play their best defensive game against Duke in terms of rotations, in terms of stepping up, in terms of every regard defensively. The way Boston College was able to stay, or excuse me, the way Notre Dame was able to stay close with Duke for a long time is they packed the middle pretty good. What does the zone not do? Pack the middle. It leaves the top of the foul line wide open and you see teams move from there. That is the recipe to beat the zone. Syracuse is aware of that. Every player on the court is aware of that for Syracuse. So is the opposing team. How can Syracuse defend when the middle is going to be relatively open and the forwards for Duke that are going to be cutting in a seven-footer in Filipowski, in a guy at, what, 6'8", probably, in Mark Mitchell? Yes, 6'8", in Mark Mitchell at the small forward. It's going to be tough. They're going to pound the short corner. They're going to be able to get the ball to the high post and attack the zone. And they want to go inside out because this is a team that, although struggles at three at times, can get hot from three and can shoot the three ball all right. They struggle, but that does not mean that they do not have the ability to shoot the three. Question number two. This is an extension of the conversation that we just had. Question number one was how does Syracuse compete defensively against two seven-footers for the majority of this basketball game. Question two today is, can Syracuse limit the second-chance opportunities? If Syracuse allows Duke to get offensive rebounds, they get blown out in this basketball game. That is a fact. That is what will happen. Duke is the sixth-best team in college basketball in offensive rebounding. Number six in the country in offensive rebounding. Syracuse is in the 25 worst teams in the country in defensive rebounding. 
That is of the utmost concern in this basketball game. Can Syracuse show out on defense in the rebounding battle? They have shown that they can do it, right? They were, I believe, plus 10 or 12 in that Florida State game rebounding in the second half alone. They have shown that they can do it. They can show that they can rebound and crash the boards on defense. They have also shown instances where they cannot. And second chance points come back to haunt Syracuse. If you give Duke extra possessions, like they are so good at getting, you will get blown out in this basketball game. Chris Bell needs to have his game of the year on the defensive side. Malik Brown needs to have his game of the year on the defensive side. Syracuse needs to step it up and lock in in rebounding. Everybody needs to catch a body immediately and box out. This is going to be a massive game with regards to rebounding. If you cannot do it, you cannot win. And that is plain and simple against a Duke team that will absolutely exploit you. The size they have, the athleticism they have, the ability they have naturally all season long to get offensive rebounds. The zone gets torched in offensive rebounds. That is one of the other liabilities of playing a 2-3 zone is opposing teams can rebound because of the gaps that are naturally presented. The middle is not as compact, things like that. You need to be able to step it up and rebound like you have not rebounded all season. You're going to need five-plus rebounds out of Chris Bell. You're going to need double-figure rebounds out of uh, Malik Brown. You're going to need a double-figure rebounding day out of Jesse Edwards. Your whole team is going to need to rebound. Judah's going to need to crash the boards. Joe's going to have to crash the boards. Justin Taylor is going to have to crash the boards. Benny Williams is going to have to crash the boards. If they throw John Bolo Jock in there, he is going to have to crash the boards. This team needs to rebound in this game in order to win. That is the question. Can they limit second chance opportunities for Duke? Because Duke will kill you otherwise if you allow them to get their second chance points off of those offensive rebounds. Question number three has to do with Syracuse. It's a more Syracuse-centric in terms of this game. Can Judah Mintz parlay what was probably his best game at Syracuse in that performance he had against NC State with 20 points and nine rebounds. Can he parlay that performance against a Duke squad that is better than NC State? Against a Duke squad that also has a top-tier freshman? Can he get to the rim given the size? Can he distribute the way he did in that first half against the Wolfpack? And can he play a composed basketball game like we are starting to see him do? time and time again. That is really, really fun. And if he can continue and play at that level and show that he is that guy, this is a game that Syracuse can be competitive in. And this is a game that Judah Mintz shows whether or not he is NBA ready. I I think that's the case. I don't think he is going to serve or solve the the three-point shooting issue this season. But if he comes out and balls against this Duke squad that's got young talent and freshman talent and size, I think he puts himself in a really, really good picture that's already looking pretty damn good in terms of the NBA future for Judah Mintz, whether it's this year or a year down the road. 
this is a massive game for him because of the growth he's shown, because of the improvements he continues to have, because of his ability to learn. We had that discussion, right? Jim Beheim talked about it after, uh, I forget what game it was, but a couple of games ago, how they bought heads a little bit. They disagree a little bit, but they have those tough conversations and they figure things out and they try to grow. And as you've seen in increased maturity, in better decision-making, in better distribution, Judah has taken very well to and is learning the game and is growing and growing every single time I see him take the floor. Can he continue to take the next step as he takes Duke on on Saturday? All right, that's up. Let's talk predictions. Let's talk our keys to the game in this one. The key to the game, it was a question of the game as well. That is how important it is in this game. You got to limit the offensive rebounding. The key in this game for Syracuse is to not allow Duke extra possessions, extra chances, and extra shots. Keep them to one, and you will be in much better shape in this game. My other key to this game is going to be somebody not named Joe Girard is going to need to have a very strong day from three. I think that is going to be very important. That was something that helped uh, in that in that Notre Dame game. Starling hit a couple of threes down the stretch, uh, and they had another uh, a couple other threes down the stretch that made a big difference in that Notre Dame game. Uh, who else was it? Was it Dane Goodman? Hit a big three for him. This is a team in Duke that could get beat from three. It happens, right? Opposing teams are shooting the ball pretty well from the floor against Duke. Uh, and a lot of that is from three, right? Teams are, excuse me, they are not shooting well from three. That's my bad. Uh, They're doing pretty well defensively against the three, uh, which is why my key is for somebody else to be able to step up from three. It will be very simple for Duke to play a solid defensive game around the perimeter if Joe Girard is the only three-point shooting threat. You've seen it from Bell. He's starting to get there. You want to see it a little bit more efficiently, and I think that will go a long way for Syracuse. If Chris Bell or Justin Taylor can hit two or three threes in this game, Syracuse is in a good spot. So my key to this one, key number two, is going to be for this Syracuse team to have somebody not named Joe Girard, preferably two guys. It might have to be Bell and Taylor. For two guys, actually, let's say three total Syracuse basketball players with multiple three-point shots. I did not know how to phrase that. That is the phrasing. The key to this game is you're going to need three guys to hit multiple threes. You're going to expect the most feasible option is Joe getting two or more, is Taylor getting two or more, and is Bell getting two or more. Maybe Jesse Edwards got something to go there. He's got the highest three-point shooting percentage on the squad. All right, give him another look. I don't care who it is, but you're going to need three-point production from someone not named Joe, and that is going to go a long way. Uh, My prediction in this one, we're a little early as we record this for a fan duel line on this game, so we're going to go with the old Ken Palm line who has Syracuse as a one-point loser in this game to Duke, which would put them at plus one. I think Duke wins this game. I'm sorry. I hate to say it. I hate Duke as much as anyone. Um, But I I think this is a game that matchup-wise favors Duke a lot, that size is going to be tough, 
the ability for, for Duke to use its size and a decent shooter, not an incredible shooter in Filipowski for this one, right? You, you've got a good shooter uh, for his size and for being a seven-footer. You, you've got a, a pretty good threat there in a guy that's taken in 25 games three or more three-point attempts a game on average. He's shooting under 30%, but he is shooting three-ish three-point attempts per game. Filipowski, if they put him at the top of the uh, at the top of the foul line, he could be tough to play with or tough to work against, given the size, given the ability to shoot the ball when he needs to, uh, and given the additional size that a Derek Lively or a Ryan Young can provide for this team with Filipowski at the top of the three or at the top of the foul line. I'm going to give this one to Duke. I do think Syracuse can give it a run for a little bit, uh, but this just strikes me as one of those games where maybe Syracuse hangs on for a little bit and then things start to get, I don't want to say out of hand, but maybe approach a double figure win for the Blue Devils. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm not doing my job if I, if I go against you know the thought there. Any day of the week you ask me if I want Syracuse to win, the answer is yes. I want Syracuse basketball to win. I want Syracuse football to win. Lacrosse, soccer, field hockey, you name it. I want Syracuse to win. However, for the prediction, my job is to give you what I think will happen. And in this game, I do think that Syracuse loses to Duke. Is that the end of the road for Syracuse? Not necessarily, but the road gets tougher from there. You beat Duke, we got a conversation to have. We're going to have a little bit of fun. We're going to get to mess around for a little bit uh, and be right in that funny, hey, all you bracketologists, we're back moment. We'll have a little fun with it. Who knows? Uh, I'll try to be at the game, I believe. Let's have a little bit of fun. Uh, love to see you. Love for you to say, hey, if you see me, um, let's have a good time. Let's go orange. Uh, and that is, that's sort of where we'll leave this one off. If you are looking for a little bit more, on the college basketball landscape as a whole, we've got a brand new podcast. It's Locked On College Basketball. You got my boy Isaac. You got my boy Andy. They bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen today and every day. This is a fun episode. It is a fun game. You're going to have a fun crowd in the dome. I cannot wait. I am excited. I want Syracuse to beat Duke. Let's see if it happens. Tweet at us. I will try my best. We don't have bones to help me from afar, so we will see what happens here in terms of service. Historically, service has not been great uh, on big crowd days at the dome. I will try my best to tweet as much as possible. If there's no service, my finger, my hands might be tied. And it might just have to be some post-game thoughts coming up afterwards. I will do my best to get you the best coverage that I can. Follow along with that at locked on. Oh, excuse me, at LO underscore Syracuse over on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for commenting, interacting, tweeting at us, liking, retweeting, whatever it might be. It goes a long way. It helps us drive conversation and it helps us have a good time uh, and learn from you. Sometimes you guys point out and see things that I I missed. And that is the benefit of being able to have those conversations and have ways for you to reach out and join as well, even if it's not you hopping on here with a microphone and joining in on the conversation. Thank you so much. I will talk to you on Monday, hopefully, 
after a Syracuse win. If you'd like to subscribe right there, if you'd like another video right there, we will catch you on Monday. Have a great weekend and go Orange.